Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Matufu. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the world that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Experiencing God in the incarnated world which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit to receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing Christ as your life. This is Pastor Dennis Matovo, worth hearing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom experience, experiencing Christ. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, glory to God. And I say, God bless you. God bless you for always turning in to listen and to follow our ministry programs. This is Freedom Experience Ministry and I am Pastor Dennis Matovu, over from Kampala, Uganda. We love you and we believe that you are enjoying Christ with us. You are experiencing Christ with us at all costs. God bless you. Those that are following from across the globe. Those that are listening from our podcast. Those that are listening from the radio. Those that are listening from all the platforms, from all our, our apps. God bless you. Yes, we are in this wonderful, wonderful teachings of experiencing Christ whereby we Enjoy Christ in his fullness, in the word as life, light, grace, and truth for our enjoyment. We are taking Christ as our life in everything that we do. And we thank the Lord for this wonderful opportunity that he avails us. Whenever we look into the scripture, we see his grace, we see his love, we see his power. And even today, we are bringing something that is good and wonderful. And uh, our question today is, what is the life-giving spirit? We are going to talk about the life-giving spirit. Most people uh, are, are not familiar with this word, the life-giving spirit. But we are going to see it in several scriptures in the word of God. Uh, we want to see the revelation of the Holy Spirit in the Bible that includes such many and so many divine titles. When we enter into the scriptures, we are going to be seeing a lot of revelations in the word. We are going to be, to, to be finding there uh, several divine titles, such as the Holy Spirit. When you come in Matthew chapter 1 verse 20, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit. I will try to read for you some, some uh, verses and scriptures uh, where necessary. Uh, we see that Matthew... 120 brings the one of the titles in the New Testament uh, uh, concerning our triune God as the the, the, the the Holy Spirit in Matthew chapter 1 verses 20. And the Bible says um, concerning Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit says that, but while he thought on these things Matthew 1 verses 20, the Bible says that 
And but but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not. This is the angel visiting Joseph. It is that take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, is of the Holy Spirit. Now we see that the first title in the New Testament concerning the, the divine titles is the Holy Spirit. Another title, uh, when we uh, another title, you can find it in in the book of Romans, chapter eight, verses nine, which talks about the Spirit of God. We are seeing the life-giving Spirit and all the titles that He possesses in the New Testament. Uh, so far, we are in Romans chapter eight, and verses nine. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says. In Romans chapter 8, verses 9, if you are there with me, I'm going to read. It says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, it is none of his. Now we see here the mentioning of the spirit of God. In Romans 8, 9. Another, another divine title of the, the, the life-giving spirit is in Acts chapter 16 and verses 7. Whereby he is called the spirit of Jesus. The spirit of Jesus. You see, that is in Acts chapter 16. I want to read for you these uh, verses before we go to explain something even today. Acts chapter 16 verses 7 the bible says uh, that after they were come to uh, Mysia, they assayed to go into bithynia but the spirit but the spirit of 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 uh says but the spirit uh, of of jesus suffered them not the spirit of jesus here they are mentioning the spirit of jesus we are we are trying to answer the question, what is the life-giving spirit that we see in the Bible, in the scripture, in the New Testament? This revelation was given by Paul. Another incident is in John chapter 7 verse 39, whereby Jesus uh, rose up and spoke these words in John chapter 7 verses 39. Bible says that but he spoke, or let, let us begin from verses 37. He says that in that in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, uh, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then he comes to verse 39, says that, But this spake he of the Spirit. When he was talking about of rivers of living water, he was talking of the Spirit. So he says, of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now here we see he is being called the Spirit. Uh, the Spirit. 
Now when we come to uh, come back to Romans 8:9, you see that is also called the spirit of Christ. So far we have seen the, uh, the, 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 the divine titles of the Holy Spirit being the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, and the Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. Now we come to see another title in Philippians chapter 1 verses 19. Uh, these are the divine titles of the life-giving Spirit and uh, I wanted us to first see them before we begin to bring out something today as our day's portion in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 and verses 19, it says that for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now here we see another title another divine title the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And uh, we are going also to see in Revelation 1, 4, whereby they talk about the seven spirits. The seven spirits. Now, look at this. Uh, I will come next time to talk about what it means when the Bible says, calls the Holy Spirit the seven spirits of God. But today we are seeing the these divine titles, then we begin to, uh, to, to go in the explanations of what is the life-giving spirit. But the Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, verses 4, it says that John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Now, he is also called the seven spirits. Amen. So we see that each divine title, as we have seen them, has its own meaning. It has its own significance. Every title is revealing a different aspect of the Holy Spirit in the plan of God, in God's economy, you see? So, in, in and even in the experience of the believers. We have seen several titles so far in over six scriptures, and we are to see that every title we have seen has got a meaning behind, has got a significance. And it is revealing a different aspect of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit is manifesting in several aspects. Like when the Bible says he has, is the seven spirits of God. So, now we see that it is revealing the, 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 the aspects of the Holy Spirit in the plan of God and even in the experience of believers. Now, we see that one of the most profound titles in the New Testament concerning the Spirit is what we are going to talk about today, the life-giving Spirit. The life-giving Spirit that is in 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And this is what we have come to talk about uh, um, amid this, all these titles that we have received. Let us go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 you see that he is mentioned as the life-giving spirit to, towards us that believe. It comes into us as the life-giving spirit. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, it says that, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Other translation. Should we call it the life-giving spirit? 
the quickening spirit is the life-giving spirit. Now, this aspect of the spirit is for imparting life. It is called the life-giving spirit because he is coming to everyone that believes to impart the life of God into that one. So, we see that according to 1 Corinthians 15.45, it says that, So also it is written, The first man Adam became a living soul, but the last Adam, which is Christ, became a life-giving spirit. Now, when you look into this verse, you see that the, first, the, the last Adam is Jesus Christ. But the Bible is saying, He became the life-giving spirit. He became the life-giving spirit. The last Adam Christ became the last, the, 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 the life-giving spirit. Now, we see that the, the last Adam is totally Christ. According to Romans 5.14, I'll read for you there. Romans 5.14 is showing us this last Adam being Christ himself. In Romans chapter 5, verses 14, the Bible says, um, I mean, Romans chapter 5 verse 14 it says that nevertheless death reigned from adam to moses even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of adam's transgression who is a figure of him that was to come here roman is telling us the adam we see in genesis is a figure of the adam which is to come and we know and we are pretty sure that the last Adam is Christ, he has already come. He has become our Adam, whereby all new creation comes from. We become, we come from this last Adam as new creation. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You see, in the first place, we come from the, 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 the first Adam in our natural life, in our physical life, we are an extension of Adam of the Old Testament. But when we come to believe in Christ, we begin to become an extension of Adam, the last Adam, which is Christ, and we become the new creatures in Christ. Amen? So, we see that the last Adam, which is mentioned in Romans 5.14, was terminated. He terminated the old creation. Through his death on the cross, the last Adam, Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, he terminated the old creation. That is the first Adam and everything that is of the first Adam, that old nature. When he died on the cross, that's why when you come to Romans chapter 6, verse 6, the Bible says that knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Christ. Now that the old Adam and the nature, the old man that we possessed, has been, was crucified with Christ. And the Bible says that the body of sin might be destroyed. According to the scriptures, the body of sin has been destroyed, was destroyed. Now, we continue to see that in resurrection, the last Adam, which is Christ, he became the life-giving spirit to germinate the new creation. He became the life-giving spirit to give birth to the new creation. He is our last Adam. 
but this Christ became something else. He was transfigured to become a living spirit, a life-giving spirit. Now we see that in resurrection, Christ is the life-giving spirit and he comes into us, impart himself as life into all of his believers. Whoever believes in him, he comes into us as life to impart himself as life into all his believers. Now, this life-giving spirit we are talking about is Christ in resurrection. When Christ resurrected, he became the life-giving spirit. And in resurrection, Christ is now this spirit that imparts himself as life into all his believers. Hallelujah. In resurrection, he is the spirit that is giving life to his believers. Christ, with all his attainments, with all his obtainments, he is now the spirit. This is where we find a lot of confusion and disagreement with people. They don't want to believe the fact that Christ is now the spirit and is called the spirit. But you come with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verses 17. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3 17, Now the Lord is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We see when they talk about the Lord, they are talking about Jesus Christ because he's possessing the title of the Lord. He has the Lordship. And the Bible says that now the Lord is that spirit. Amen. So, we see that as the spirit, his believers can easily receive him because he is now in the state whereby is receivable. When he was still on earth, he was flesh and he could not enter into Peter, could not enter into John. So he could not do much when he was in the flesh until the process was finished on the cross, whereby he had to pass through the process of, of uh, incarnation and uh, crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection, so that uh, at the side of resurrection, he is he has turned to a spirit in which way he is able to enter into every one of us, even today. The moment you believe in him, he comes into you. And he says that I we will come and we shall be in you. Amen. So, God's intention is to give his life to man. Since Genesis, he was intending that man should receive life and maintain that life and build that life until. When you come to John 10.10, 10, the Bible says in, in, in the last section that I have come that they might have life. When you go back to John chapter 3, verses 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his begot on and one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. Now let us read 1 John 4.9. In 1 John 4.9, it also shows us that the intention of God is to give us, is to give man life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verses 9, In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son mm -hmm, into the world, 
that he might that we might live through him so when you see in first john we see that he was given to us that we might live through him those that have believed in christ they are to live through christ and to be man is life christ came to be man is life he came that he might uh, he might become life to us and to be our life remember that that verse in colossians chapter 3 verse 4 that says that and when christ who is our life shall appear so christ has been given to us as our life man is life but we, we are going to see that there is there were two problems prev- that prevented the accomplishment of god's intention of giving us his son to be life of giving us life the first problem was man is full man is uh, he was full of sin man was sinful not only in his outward deeds but also in his inward nature he was filled with sin and that was a problem god could not accomplish his plan because man was filled with sin the second problem we see that hindered this intention of god was that uh, god was not in a form that man could receive him he wanted man to receive him as life right away from genesis that's why when he created adam he positioned him before the tree of life so that man could always eat from the tree of life in that way he was eating god in that way he was taking in god as his life because god has come into us as life his intention is to give is to give life to man but it was uh, sabotaged by the problem of sin and because man became sinful inwardly and outwardly that was a hindrance for life to flow the second problem was that god was not in a form that man could receive him Let us read first Timothy chapter 6 verses 16 First Timothy Yes first Timothy chapter 6 verses 16 the Bible says that who only has immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto whom no man has seen nor can see to whom be honor and power everlasting amen now we see that from eternity past god was dwelling in an approachable light no man could approach him he could not be seen by any man and live that's why he told moses no one shall see me and live whoever sees me is going to die go and hide in the rock you cannot see me amen but we see that he had to to do something to see that he becomes He comes into a state whereby man can now receive him. So we see that to solve that first problem of sin, Christ came as the lamb of God. Remember in John chapter 1 verse 29, the Bible says, "Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world." Amen. So the first problem was dealt with. Christ came and died on the cross to deal with the sin which was Uh, a problem a hindrance the problem of sin was dealt with 
by the shedding blood of of the lamb by the shedding of his blood for our redemption remember Ephesians 1 7 the Bible talks about that and even Revelation 1 5 amen so to solve such a problem it required someone to die and Christ came and died that's what the Bible says in Ephesians uh, 1 Ephesians 1 7 and even in Romans in Revelation I'll try to read for you because I believe that most of us where we are we might not be having Bibles the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 it says that in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace so we see that we have redemption through Christ and when we come to Revelation chapters 1 verse verse 5 the Bible says that uh, still they talk about and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth and to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood so the first problem was dealt with when Jesus died on the cross and his blood was shed for us that was dealt with now to solve the second problem God had to become a man in order that he solves the problem of being in a form that we are able to receive him because according to first Timothy we see a challenge chapter 6 has told us that God dwells in unapproachable light whereby no one can see him and live that was a challenge yet he has an intention of giving us life and this life is in his son whoever has the son has life but we see in the first place he is dwelling in an approachable light so he had to solve the second problem God became man to solve the second problem then through death and resurrection he became the life-giving spirit Jesus Christ is the life-giving spirit and through incarnation we see that God was God as life was embodied in in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ whoever could whoever could see Jesus Christ was seeing God God was in Christ here on earth that's why that process began with incarnation so that God as life is embodied in the person and in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we go back and read John, I'll read for you some scriptures in John, chapter 1, verse 14. The Bible says that, And the Word became, the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of uh, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When you come to John chapter 11 verses uh, verses 25 you will see that the Bible continues to tell us that Jesus said unto her I am the resurrection and the life he that believes in me though he were dead yet shall be, shall he live so uh, uh, we shall also add on John 14 6 whereby he says that I am the way the truth and the life no one can, can come to the Father except by me, except through me. Now, we see that the divine life was expressed and fully manifested 
through Jesus Christ. When we see Jesus Christ, we see the divine life of God. First Timothy 3.16, uh, it says, I'll read for you. We are talking about, uh, we are defining the life-giving spirit. Now, the Bible says in First Timothy, one, First uh, Timothy three sixteen says that, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. In other words, the mystery of godliness is is so great. It's not like not everyone can understand it. It says that God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Now that is the mystery of godliness. The one who dwells in unapproachable light was seen here on earth, manifested, you see, in flesh, and he was justified in the spirit when he resurrected. Amen. Glory to God. So, the angels saw him when he went back to heaven. We preached him. We have preached him. Even Paul took him to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles believed. And the entire world has believed. And he was received up into glory. Amen. So we see that the Bible is showing us this problem was solved. And we see that his disciples observed his living while they were with him and in his earthly ministry. That's why John comes in to tell us in 1 John. He tells us what he saw. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. John says concerning him, he says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. He says, For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and we bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. He says, That which we have seen and heard, we declare unto you that you also might have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, although the divine life, the eternal life, could be seen and appreciated, man could not participate in that life. He could not participate in this life. The Lord Jesus said that He was indeed life, according to John 14, 6. He says, I am the life. He told us in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. He told us in John 4, 14, I am the water of life. He even re repeated it in John 7, 37 to 38. He says that out of you shall uh, come rivers of water. He says, I am the water of life. But we see that before his death, and resurrection he was not yet in a form that man could receive he was still a Jesus in his flesh however much he said I am this I am the life I am the way and the truth and the life 
he could not. We could not receive him. But when we see through his death and resurrection, we see that the Lord Jesus has passed through a process that, that he was transfigured and this process transfigured him from the flesh into the life-giving spirit. Therefore, on the day of his resurrection, we see that the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to his disciples when they were closed in, their room, in the room. The Bible says that, and he appeared suddenly when they were closed in their room and he breathed unto them, and these are the words he told them. John chapter 20, verses 22. We see when they were in fear because their master had been killed, their hope is gone, they were closed in the room, and nobody could go out. The Bible says he appears suddenly, John 20, verse 22. And the Bible says that, and when he had said this, eh, let us begin verses 19. Then the same day at evening when the first day of the week, uh, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them and to them his hands and his side. Then, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. They were glad. Amen. The, the Bible says, Then Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. He breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Spirit. Here we see a mystery that is hard to believe. That the Spirit of God came from Christ. And he was breathed unto his disciples. Into his disciples. Before even Acts chapter 2 had come to pass. Whereby the promise was to come from the Father. We see that they received the Spirit of God on the day of John 20, 22. That's when they got saved. That's when they believed and they received the Spirit. Christ entered into them as the life-giving Spirit. And the reason as why we say that He entered into them as the life-giving Spirit, the Bible says, when after telling them that whosoever shall uh, forgive sin, they shall be the Bible says that he disappeared. He disappears from them. They don't see him. Amen. So his disappearing is a proof that he was now the spirit. Maybe he disappeared entering into them. Because when he gives them to receive the Holy Spirit, they all of a sudden disappears. Amen. And they were glad. The Bible says that he gave them the Spirit. He told them, receive the, 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 the Holy Spirit. So we see that in this way, the Lord imparted himself as life into his disciples, fulfilling his intention as the Spirit. His believers can easily receive him even today. Today, this life-giving this life Spirit 
is so available to us, so available to you and me, to be received and to be applied by all of the Lord's believers. If we believe in the Lord, I tell you, we have this life-giving spirit. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for tuning in once again. This is Pastor Dennis Matovoda from Kampala, Uganda. We are here to give you the word of Christ in its reality. Please do follow us on our website www.freedomexperienceministry.org or you can check for our application Freedom Experience app in Google Play Store. Visit our Facebook page Freedom Experience uh, Ministry and also follow us on radio Freedom Experience Radio. Amen. God bless you. Bye-bye. To get more of this message and partner with Freedom Experience Ministry, log on to our website www.freedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Ministry. You can also call us directly on plus 256-703-89-0009. Be blessed. Experience the mystery of the word, the redemptive power of revelation, and eternity purpose brought to light in your walk with Christ.